One of the ploys of the devil is to get our sights fixed on his power to destroy rather than God's power to deliver. And when everybody's running around, oh, the devil this, the devil that, rather than seeing the sovereignty of God and the providence of God in human history. And we see, though there is a subjugation that takes place and a subjection of, as slaves in Egypt that God is weaving things together from the very beginning when Moses is born just a baby. And we're going to see tonight how God providentially weaves his history. Providence comes from two words, pro, which is beforehand, and video, which is to see. It means to see in advance. And it means the working of God because he sees events before they happen. And because God has foreknowledge and he knows everything that's going to happen before it happens, he can weave history together. And it's sort of like weaving things supernaturally, naturally. Providence is different from the miraculous. The miraculous, which is also seen in this book, is where God intervenes supernaturally. He just sort of cuts into history. But providence is where God uses natural events and weaves them through so that his will would be done in the end. You're also going to see in the book of Exodus that it's a book of sacrifice. Chapter 12 will be a notable chapter. That's the Passover. A lamb is sacrificed for the people. It is something they're to keep every year. We will also see that sacrifice begins in this book and goes throughout the entire Bible. It never ends. A certain type of sacrifice ends when Jesus dies on the cross. And now we don't have to pay for our sins any longer. But sacrifice, as far as Israel is concerned, begins here and continues through their history. The priests are also sanctified by sacrifice. You will see that a lamb is killed and that blood is dipped with a finger and placed on the ear of the priest, the right ear, the right thumb, and the right toe, signifying a consecration of that man's best unto the Lord. So it's a story of redemption. It's a story of sacrifice. It's also a story of worship. As in the latter part of the book, we will get the dimensions of the tabernacle. And one would wonder why is so much given in the scripture, so much time and, and um, how many pages are given to the tabernacle, chapter after chapter, more time is given to the tabernacle than to creation itself in the book of Genesis. And that's something that piques our attention and question as to why, because it forms a basis of worship and approach to God. And as we will see, forms a model of heavenly worship, as we'll compare that with the book of Hebrews. Also, it's a story of ethics and human behavior as given by God. Ten commandments will be given in the 20th chapter as Israel makes it to Mount Sinai. And after chapter 20, chapters 21 through 24, is a set of social laws where God is basically saying, okay, folks, this is how you get along with other people. Here's some basic societal laws that, by the way, have formed the basis for common law of Western civilization. We have modeled many of our laws after the laws that are given in this book. And we'll pick up on that in those chapters. The office of a prophet emerges in the book of Exodus. Moses is seen not only as a deliverer, but as a prophet. 
God's mouthpiece to the nation. God wants to speak through the nation. He will raise up Moses to do that. Moses doesn't want the job. He says, use Aaron. He can do a much better job. But as a prophet, Moses becomes a type of Jesus Christ, who will be another prophet. In fact, listen to Moses' own words in another book of the law, Deuteronomy 18. He says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, from among your own brothers, him you must listen to. Then also this book is a story about the priesthood. God raises up a group of people who will represent spiritually God to the people and the people before the Lord. And a priesthood develops that is very integral to the worship of Israel throughout their history.